Today is the 18th day of August, 2023, and we welcome you to our Chapter 49 podcast. Always great to have you with us. Uh, we use this as our, one of our main communication efforts uh, for Chapter 49. We represent most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. My name is Larry Landon. I'm a retiree and a volunteer with Chapter 49 dealing with communications and some other odds and ends every now and then. A reminder that we do have a Facebook page. You can check our Facebook page where we have uh, regular updates. Our Facebook page can be found if you go to Facebook and just uh, search under NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana that exact phrase. You can follow or like our page and, and get the regular updates on your news feed. And if you would like to get updates and uh, a heads up every time we have a new podcast, both a video and audio version, uh, Duncan Giles will be happy to give you a link and send it to you on email. You just send him an email. He'll put you on the list. The email address to put that request in is nteu49 at aol.com. Speaking of Duncan Giles, he's always with us, and he's back again. Welcome back, Duncan. Thanks, Larry. It's always good to be here. And you've been a traveling guy. We were not here last week because you were traveling to the great motor city of Detroit for the National Convention of NTE. Excuse me. <clears throat> the National Convention happens every two years, and every four years there's a, a vote for the national officers, the national president, National Executive Vice President. So all that happened and much more. So uh, before we get into all that, something even more important happened when you got back. You, the convention wrapped up on Thursday. You and your and Kim, your your uh, significant other, drove back from Detroit rather than fly. Drove all the way back from Detroit, which is a good long day's drive. That was on a Friday. What did you do Saturday? You had a wedding ceremony, so congratulations <laughs> to you and the bride, Kim, and uh, what's it like being a married man again for a, not quite a week yet? Uh, uh, thank you for the congratulations. It's great. Um, I've, as I like to say, I've outkicked my coverage in my bride. Um, definitely a wonderful, wonderful lady, and uh, no, it's just it's just great to know that our future's together and you know we've already gotten through to get our marriage license certified by the city so as kim likes to call it it's official official and just moving forward together well it's always good to be official official you know that that's, that's exactly <laughs> by the way i had kicked my coverage 32 years ago so yeah i know exactly <laughs> how you feel so i'm glad to hear that uh, yeah you and kim who you've been together for a while now, a significant others, and now you've uh, tied the knot. You are married, and uh, and very happy for both of you on a personal level. So let's talk about the convention. Uh, conventions are really interesting. I've I've been a, a delegate to the convention twice back in the 1990s when I served as vice president of, of Chapter 49, and uh, so you are um, you always seem to be in the mix. Whatever's happening uh, at a convention, so just if you can. Uh, Give us a, a summary of, of the highlights, and then we can maybe dig, dig down into, into some more details later. But give us your overview. Yeah, the, the main thing that happened at this convention um, is the fact that it was, you know, Tony Reardon's last one. He started the convention as national president and then as a member. 
um, because of the fact that he is retiring. So he is, uh, you know, that was that was a big emotional thing for all the vast majority of the delegates who've gotten to know him over the years. And we, uh, by acclamation, because there was no uh, there was no opponent, Doreen Greenwald was uh, nominated and put in as national president. And we elected um, a CBP officer, uh, chapter president out of San Francisco, Anand Mooney, who's a very nice gentleman and looking forward to getting to know him better. Um, you know, we passed several resolutions um, to try and better the federal workforce that we can. Because one of the things that always strikes you about convention is, you know, NTU doesn't just represent IRS. We are now 35 different agencies because we just uh, picked up one more during the end of convention. Um, and so it's it's interesting to see the mix of different folks in there who have all sorts of, you know, different issues and things of that nature due to their different work areas. So that's always interesting. Um, it was just, it was good to get together with everyone, exchange ideas, uh, have discussions, things of that nature. And uh, Mr. Muni did have uh, uh, an opponent, so there was an election there. And uh, basically, you could go to more than one ballot, but this was uh, adjudicated, or I shouldn't say adjudicated, was elect the election only took one ballot, correct? Yeah, he had two opponents, um, and he won. Uh, he had an over 50% of the vote in the first ballot, so he won on the first ballot itself. And again, it's... it's um, you know, there were several of us that thought that it was good to have someone, CBP, Customs and Border uh, Protection, not Border Patrol, Customs and Border Protection, is our second biggest agency that we represent. And so to have somebody from there at a high level, as well as um, someone of color, we all thought was a good thing. The, you know, we want to try and represent all of our membership. And this is a great step to that direction. Um, Doreen had gotten to know him and chose him as her running mate. And so, you know, Doreen Greenwald being a guest on this podcast and someone I've known uh, since well before she became a chapter president up in Wisconsin, you know, is someone I trust wholeheartedly and know she'll do great for NTEU because the woman just advocates, advocates, advocates. Well, we'll get uh, Doreen back on the podcast. We've had her on before as executive vice president. Well, once she's got her feet wet, I'm sure she's going through that initial uh, drinking out of the fire hose when you're brand new at, at a job. <laughs> so I'm sure she'll uh, eventually join us, and we'll certainly want Anand to come on and speak with us at some point. Uh, and it's interesting because I have been not to conventions and other events where the customs people are there that NTU represents and has for many years, and they will make it real clear and you just pointed that out. They are Customs and Border Protection. They are not Customs and Border Patrol. Those people are represented by another union, and they have a whole different, uh, how should I put it, mission, because the people we represent are the people who are right at the border checking people in and out, going across that border either way. The patrol, they, they do something entirely different, and they'll, they're, they're real quick to point that out to you. Oh, yeah, and they do not like to be confused with that other agency. So um, you make sure, and 
they are great, great folks. The ones that I deal with, um, you know, every two years or more, depending because I, you know, talk to a great many of them, uh, you know, regularly because I try and talk to other. It doesn't matter whether it's IRS, CBP. We represent folks in health and human services, EPA, whatever it might be. I think it's very important to talk to uh, the other chapter presidents to see what's going on, to make sure that we're all pulling forward for federal employees. That's our job. And there's a great deal of commonality in what we need to do and what we're working towards. So I always try and keep those uh, those doors open and the lines of communication uh, very open. You know, I think a convention uh, is many things, and you do have business to conduct, as you just mentioned. But I think one of the most important parts of a, of a convention is that NTU, as you said, 35 different agencies, IRS being the largest, but Customs Border Protection also being a lar- the second largest. And there are a lot of small agencies that have chosen to become a part of NTU. And I know that the union does its best to, to do what needs to be done to get the, their issues resolved. But I do think a convention is at one time every two years when all the different parts of NTEU come together, the leaders come together and uh, and get a chance to speak with each other. And, and, and you have your squabbles, you have your disagreements. I mean, hey, that's, that comes with it. But really, I think uh, my experience has been, and I'd like you know, your view as to how it stands now, is that even after all those debates and, and, and so forth are done, at the very end, this is a very unified group. We have a lot of in common. We have very much to, uh, to accomplish together. So did you get that impression that, that that unity was there in this convention? Yeah, and that's what um, you heard from the Tony Reardons, the Doreen Greenwalds, the Anand Moonies in their speeches, and also from a lot of the delegates, myself included, that we are one NTEU. We're, you know, all representing and pulling for our constituents who are all federal employees. So, as like you said, there's a lot of commonality to that. And we just want to make sure that, you know, everybody's pulling together. It's like a family. Sometimes you have disagreements or differences, but don't let anybody from outside the family come at one of us because all of us will be there. I would also like to make a special note that, um, the look on several people's faces when they uh, started rolling the video for the convention and they heard a familiar voice doing the voiceovers and people were going, was that? Yeah, it was. Yes, it was, Larry. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, and, and that, that's, um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting story because I was asked to do that for some complicated reasons. They were having—I won't get into the whole thing—but uh, there, there was there was difficulty finding someone that they normally use to do the voiceover, and and I was quite, uh, you know, I was quite happy to help out when I was asked to help, and and it, it was a high-level professional thing. I went to a a local uh, recording studio when we got it. You know, we did several takes and got it done. And I, I, I when I saw the the. I, first of all, I saw the script, and then when I saw the final product with the video mixed in with it, I could say, okay, I can see where there were some boo lines 
that were included there when talking about certain people doing certain things to federal employees. But there were a lot of applause lines in there, too. So uh, it was fun to be involved with that, and I was honored to be asked to be a part of that. And speaking of honors, I think we should say, Duncan, that uh, two years ago, this podcast— uh, won a communications award for. I mean, it's it's done based on, on the on how large a bargaining unit is, and and based on our size of bargaining unit. Two years ago, we won the uh, communications award, which was quite a high honor, and we, we appreciated that. Well, I remember hearing you start talking to you when you got back from the convention. You said, "Well, they gave out the communications award, and you know we didn't think we'd get it two times in a row. They would give somebody else a chance uh, uh, to be honored for their work." And then, lo and behold, something else happened. Tell us what happened. Yeah, we got an award um, for basically, specifically for this podcast. Um, you know, a special media award, special use of media uh, for us bringing this message to the, uh, not only to our members, but sending it out nationwide. And it goes out, as you and I have both discovered, for whatever reason, uh you know, once you put something out on the, you know, out there in the internet ether, it goes everywhere. Um, so we were, I was very honored and shared that with you. And we were both very honored that they did come up with this uh, and recognize the good work that we do with this. I will have a caveat that apparently being your agent, uh, you know, when they were talking about what they wanted to pay you and I was coming back. To our wonderful director of communications, Sheila McCormick of NTU, who's an awesome lady and does a great job, uh, did tell me during the convention at one point when I was asking a question on something totally different, said, oh, by the way, Duncan, I am going to kill you, uh, which I thought was an interesting an interesting thing to say. Uh, <laughs> but apparently I was asking for a little bit too much more too much money for you for doing the voiceover. I'm not sure, um, but it, it was all it was all in fun, and uh, everyone appreciated uh, your efforts in doing this. And it's it's gratifying to know that the folks in our NTU national office uh, realize what we've tried to do is make this a great service and get out the issues of the day, literally every week, uh, as many weeks as we can to all of our members and the members across the country that uh, that view or listen to this podcast. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it right back to you because it took a lot of um, faith in me and, and it took uh, your ability to roll the dice and, and take a chance on this. We had no idea if this was going to work out or not. It could have just fallen on its face. And uh, here we are in our third year of doing this. Uh, we don't get every week, but most weeks we are on and we've even one time did a special edition when when a, a news story came up that we thought was important to people. So uh, you certainly deserve a lot of the credit, too. You were willing to to go out on a limb and do this, and, and you still take time out of your busy schedule being a chapter president every week to do this. And I take time out of my very busy schedule of being a retired guy. Isn't that something? Don't think that's quite even, but whatever. All right, let's get uh, to our issues of the week now. And... Uh, we're right back to government shutdown again, right back where we were before. However, two weeks ago when we had our last podcast, it was very difficult to imagine a situation where anything could come together. But in just the last couple of days before we record this, 
there have been some, <clears throat> excuse me, there have been some comments made, not just by Chuck Schumer, the Senate leader, uh, the Democratic leader and the majority leader in the Senate, but also from House Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Republican, that they've been talking and that there is no budget that's going to be done by the end of September. That's pretty clear. So will there just be a government shutdown or will there be a continuing resolution to give more time to get this done? And it looks, Duncan, like there's at least a possibility, a stronger possibility now than two weeks ago, that there will be a continuing resolution to at least keep the government running while these discussions about the budget continue. Yeah, that's one of the things that, you know, two weeks ago, all we were hearing about was people who wanted to shut the government down. There wasn't anything talking about any sort of containing resolution. So the fact that they've been talking about this the last couple of days is a great thing because as you and I know, and a lot of folks out there um, are learning, is Congress takes uh, their recesses very seriously and the folks won't be there until come back until September. And so they've only got a few work days in September to try and get something done until the October 1st uh, deadline. And they're not, like you said, it, it would be darn near impossible for them to come up with a budget uh, for every agency by then. So the best that we can hope for at this point is a short, uh, relatively for the government, a short government uh, continuing resolution. They've been talking, I've been hearing... Uh, early December, so to try and force a decision for later in the year and for them to get their ducks in a row. It's still not going to be an easy process. I think the Senate is much further along and much more bipartisan at this point than the House is. Um, I'm hoping that the House can take uh, take the lead from the, take a hint from the Senate and saying, you know, we can get this worked out. There can be budget deals made and we can get this worked out to do the work that the American people sent them to do. But, you know, a continuing resolution would be a great step towards that. And I'm hopeful, not optimistic at this point, but hopeful that we can get one. And just for those who, every now and then we get people who are new to this that come to the podcast, uh, just a reminder what a CR or a continuing resolution is. It means that even when the fiscal year ends in September, when the new budget year begins October 1st, a continuing resolution keeps the government shun, uh, funded based on the previous year's budget. Uh, so, and that's what you use until you get the final budget passed, whenever that gets done. Uh, sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes it takes months, and sometimes you have a shutdown before it's done. But... Uh, that's what a CR is. That's what a continuing resolution means. Still talking about money. We've been talking about uh, government uh, employees' pay raise. The president issued a 5.2% increase. NTU's pushed for a higher one. We have had difficulty, but we're still working on that. But it's interesting. There's all this um, disagreement and, and, and all these problems with the budgets in general. But this is one budget item that seems to be non-controversial. Uh, nobody has uh, put anything into any of the budget bills that would uh, be different than 5.2%. And when the president proposes that and goes through all the procedural steps to, to make to implement that, uh, the Congress is silent on our pay raise. 
the president's proposal is part is going to be the one that, uh, the the pay raise we're going to get in calendar year 2024. So what what's your overall take on this? Yeah, it, it is surprising so far that we haven't heard more pushback on that. We have seen that they're looking at uh, giving the armed forces so far everything, and that's where it usually takes the lead, is we try and make sure that there's pay parity between the armed forces, what they're going to get, and what the civilian federal workforce is going to get. And that so far has looked at the 5.2. No one has had a real big disagreement on that. Um, the vice president recently said something about the fight, you know, the, the Biden administration has proposed a 5.2% pay raise. So all signs are still pushing towards that, which would be a very good thing. People are saying, well, you know, last year's didn't make up for inflation. Well, unfortunately, it's not based on inflation. It's based on what the political headwinds will bear and what people are willing to push for. This year, even though we think it should be higher, um, you know, it's still looking like the 5.2, which would probably be closer to 4.7 with a half percent for locality pay is something that's going to happen unless there's something that comes in the last minute of a budget deal, which does unfortunately occur that can negatively impact federal employees. So as, as always, NTE will keep a very close eye on this and we'll keep you updated on this, this podcast. We've just had a, a one-year anniversary for the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, this is IRA, not in individual retirement accounts. This is IRA Inflation Reduction Act, when we talk about it in this context. So uh, Inflation Reduction Act was a huge piece of legislation. Part of it was extra funding for IRS. Had to take, what, I think it was a $20, mil, billion, was a $20 billion uh, razor cut to get the debt ceiling yeah. taken care of. So it's still there, slightly reduced, I guess it's more than slightly reduced, but uh, there's still a substantial amount of money in that Inflation Reduction Act extra funding for IRS. Um, so as we celebrate, I guess, uh, the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, any thoughts on your part? Yeah, I think it's something that was sorely, sorely needed for the IRS to be able to start gearing up, I mean, just the level of service on the phones alone, going from somewhere around 12% to 87% during the filing season, starting to be able to do the hiring that we need to go after folks who are not following the tax laws like they should and, you know, are either being audited or for collection work for folks who do owe their taxes and for whatever reason aren't paying them, um, you know. The, the fear-mongering that we heard out there, you know, that the IRS is going to hire the 87,000 uh, jackbooted agents to come busting down your door with guns drawn is absolutely comical, was at the time, still is. Basically, this is to do the function of the IRS, and to, for God's sakes, I'm so happy that we're starting to modernize. Um, you know, these folks in the service centers who do the the real tough work of having to basically input returns, things of that nature, are getting more scanners to be able to slowly pull us into the late 1990s, early 20s, 2000s uh, to be able to do this. 
and it just is going to benefit the taxpayers. That's what the bottom line is. All of this money that's going in, not only is it helping employees, helping hire more, things of that nature, but it's benefiting taxpayers in the long run. And that is so very important for the work that we do. And yeah, we're going to, you know, that, that 20 billion that we've been cut, we've been told we can go back and get it. And probably towards the back end of this, we will need that money because we want to make sure that we complete, you know, get the hiring up to where it needs to be because it's starting to, but it's not anywhere near where it needs to be and get, you know, keep the modernization on track, make sure that we have, you know, better systems, things of that nature to be able to help our employees and help the American taxpayers. So it's a great start for one year. Um, I give, uh, you know, NTU, uh, leadership and Doreen Greenwald and Tony Rudin, an awful lot of credit for helping uh, push this. Um, and, you know, Commissioner Reddick, former Commissioner Reddick, and Commissioner Werfel for having, you know, going to the Hill, making sure that they, you know, very clearly state what we need to do. And it was starting to implement it. And Commissioner Werfel hit the ground running and hasn't stopped. And I truly believe he's trying to make a culture change in this organization and hiring more and modernizing more is a big part of it. 